this morning, um, just had on my heart as we were singing uh, Deuteronomy chapter 23, but if you have a Bible, you want to turn somewhere, let's turn to Numbers chapter 23. But Deuteronomy 23 says this in verse 5, However, the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam, but turn the curse into a blessing for you, because the Lord your God loves you. Deuteronomy 23, verse 5, and then, but we're going to turn over to Numbers 23 in just a moment. But Deuteronomy 23, 5 says, However, the Lord your God would not listen to Balaam, but turn the curse into a blessing for you, because the Lord your God loves you. Balaam was hired to bring a curse upon the people of God. The king of Moab, Balak, was afraid that the Israelites were going to come over and take over their land. And Balak sees these people and he's worried, so he goes out and he finds Balaam because he's a prophet. Balaam is not a good guy. Balaam is a wicked guy. Matter of fact, later on, the death warrant was sent out for his execution because he was a wicked prophet. But yet, some reason, God speaks through him. And in Deuteronomy, it says that God would not listen to Balaam and turn what was going to be a curse into a blessing for you. Why? Because he loves you. God who knows everything. God who knows every failure, every success, every moment, nothing is hidden from him. He knows all things. You've been caught with your hand in the cookie jar and crumbs on your face. He knows. And yet he says he would not listen to him because he loves you. Never forget the love of the Father that he has for you. That even though this guy wanted to profit and to receive riches and to receive honor for putting a curse on Israel, even this guy God was going to use to turn your situation into a good one. Why? Because he loves you. He loves you. You must never forget the love of your father. He is not abandoning you. He's not forsaking you. He has a plan and a purpose in everything that he does. He is guiding and directing. And if you put your eyes on him, you will see his plan come unfold. But you got to wait for it. You got to wait for it. Just like the, the book of Psalms tells us that Israel didn't wait for the Lord to unfold his plan. He didn't, they didn't wait for him. They were too impatient. Look at how impatient they were when Moses goes up to receive the Ten Commandments. And he was gone a long time. And so the people started to say, hey, we need a God to worship because the guy Moses is gone. We don't know what happened to him. Maybe the gods took him. And so we need something. So Aaron says, okay, come and bring me all your jewelry. Get it together. And he throws it in the fire. And according to Aaron's word, this is what came out, a calf. And this calf comes and they begin to worship this calf because they, they didn't think that this gold thing was a god, but they believed that this idol would be possessed by the god that would create them. And that's why God says, don't have any graven images after me. 
Because nothing can contain who I am. That's why for a short time he put himself in a temple. His presence was in a temple. But he wants to be in us and with us. And he has never left us, even though Israel thought they had. And they started worshiping this calf. Just after God parted the Red Sea, after all these plagues, after you became one of the richest nations in the world and 24 hours before that you were one of the poorest and in slavery. And look how quickly they forgot who God was. Do you think God has ever forgotten about you? Absolutely not. Because when they were slaves in Israel, God was watching over them. In Egypt, God was watching over them. Every single moment, for 400 and something years, He watched over every single moment. And He says, I got a plan. But you didn't see it if you lived 200 years into the plan. You didn't see it if you were born 100 years before your exodus. But God had a plan. And I'm telling you today that you can never forget about the plans and that he has for you plans of good, not to harm you, but to bring you prosperity and peace. Plans of hope and a future because he loves you. Period. I'm not God. Some of you are hard to love. Just like I'm hard to love sometimes because apparently I don't know how to close cupboard doors. Every time I go in the kitchen, these doors just open up all by themselves. And I said, how does this happen? And my wife comes over, this one's open, this one's open, this one's open. Sometimes it's hard to get put up with people, but God loves you. He's not like us. He doesn't get irritated by our quirks. He doesn't get irritated because we haven't spent four hours with him today. He loves you. He is in love with you. And he was in love with people knowing that they would turn. Matter of fact, he told Moses, these people are going to be disobedient. These people are going to leave me. But yet he rescued them. Why? Because he loved them. And when they came to this moment when they're on the other side of Moab and Balak sees them, the king of Balak of Moab is afraid and he sees them and he hires Balaam to bring a curse on these people because he knows that these people are favored by God. So Israel is just there in a camp and they're just waiting to move on. They're, they're waiting for the cloud to move. They're waiting for the fire to move. And they're just waiting for God to move. And they're just sitting there. But Balak sees something that is going to take over their land, he thinks. And so he hires Balaam. And Balaam is not a good guy. He's not a, he's not a, 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 a prophet of the Most High in the sense that he loves him. He's just a wicked guy. He was greedy. Matter of fact, he told them after he couldn't curse them, he told them how to make mistakes. Told the king, say, hey, have them start marrying in, into other people, other religions, and other, other nations, and, and then you'll corrupt them that way. So Balaam wasn't a good guy. But Balaam was this prophet, and <clears throat> Balak, king of Moab, sends, sends his dignitaries and says, hey, go get Balaam. And so they go to Balaam and says, hey, we want you to come and put a curse on these people. You know, when Balaam does the, the uh, pastoral pride thing, I can only speak what God has told me. I can say nothing else. And, um, and so they, they went back and says, no, he's not coming. And so Balak says, well, let's go send some more stuff. And this time, let's just bring a whole bunch of money. Let's bring, let everyone just dressed in their, you know, in their nice expensive suits. And let Balaam know that we are going to pay him handsomely. 
and uh, Balaam looks at these people the next day and is like, whoa, you know, all these people are there. And he's like, please, Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord, let me go, let me go, let me go. I'm going to be rich if I go. Let me go, let me go. God says, okay, go. Why? Because Balaam wanted to go. Balaam wanted to go. He didn't care about the people. He cared about himself and he wanted to get wealthy by it. And he tells him, he says, listen, I'm only going to speak what God is going to tell me to speak. And he goes. And on the way, you remember the story of the donkey that sees the angel there. And the donkey sees the angel, but Balaam didn't. And the donkey is just, I don't want to go. I don't want to go. And all of a sudden, the, the donkey just, you know, puts Balaam in such a, a horrible position, starts crushing his leg. Balaam starts beating the donkey. And finally, the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey and said, why are you beating me? And all of a sudden, Balaam looks up and he sees the angel. He says, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm only going to say what the Lord wants me to say. And here's what gets me about this story. God speaks to Balaam. God actually speaks to Balaam. He uses Balaam to put out what he wants to say. It just, it just boggles my mind when I think about this. You know, Lord, I want to be a prophet of God. I want to be someone who hears your voice. I want to hear you as clearly as Balaam. It just, it just always has baffled me. But see, that just shows you that God will do anything and use anyone and in any situation. Why? Because he loves you. And he will even take someone who is wicked and bring out a blessing. Why? Because don't forget what Deuteronomy 23 says. He loves you. People may try to bring harm. People may try to bring you down. People may try to make you fail. People may try to make it difficult and hard for you. But I want to tell you something. Your father loves you. And even though you may seem opposed, even though you may seem like life is not going the way you want it, and it just gets turned upside down in a moment's notice, I'm telling you, your father has never stopped loving you. And in the worst moments that you see, when you see that prophet that's coming up on that mountain, and you think that he's about ready to bring a curse, you must remember. Remember, there is a Father in heaven that is watching over you. And he says, no way. I'm not going to listen to him because I love you. That's your Father. So Balaam, verse, or chapter 23 in Numbers says this, Balaam said, build me seven altars here and prepare seven bulls and seven rams for me. Balak did as Balaam said, and the two of them offered a bull and a ram on each altar. Then Balak, Balaam said to Balak, stay here beside your offering while I go aside, perhaps... The Lord will come to meet with me. Whatever he reveals to me, I will tell you. And then he went off on, uh, to a barren height. And here's what just, it just blows my mind. God met with him. God met with him. And Balaam said, I prepared seven altars. And on each altar I've offered a bull and a ram. See, Balaam didn't know that God is not moved by sacrifices and offerings. Sometimes we think that we've got to come to God with all of the right things in order for Him to hear us. We've got to come to the altar and we've got to bring our bulls and our rams. We've got we to bring everything that He needs in, in order for Him to be happy. 
in order for him to hear us. I'm telling you, you don't need those things because all he wants is your obedience. He wants your heart. He wants your commitment. He wants your attention. He wants your affections. You don't have to bring those things. You don't have to be perfect in order to come to the altar. You just got to be willing. And God will meet with you. So many times I thought God was punishing me. So many times in my life I thought God was holding me back because of this and what I did in my past and, and because I didn't do this and that. And, and I've come to realize those things are not the issue. God loves me. God loves you. You don't have to come to the altar with all these things. Matter of fact, Balaam is going to realize this because he stopped offering things that God just kept speaking to him seven times. Verse 4, God met with him, and Balaam said, I have prepared seven altars, and on each altar to offered a bull and a ram. And the Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth and said, Go back to Balak and give him this word. The Lord put a word in Balaam's mouth. I want to tell you, this really shows you that when God loves you, he puts his favor upon you. Because he will even make your enemies do things that they don't understand. He will even make the people that don't even like you end up being a blessing to you. Why? Because God says, I will put my word in your mouth. I will make it happen. Why? Because I love you. That's why you must live and understand that you are highly favored of God. That God will move people's hearts for you. When I was working at the laboratory years ago, I was going up to visit a client in one of these manufacturers. They, they supplied all of the food for their chain of stores. And I was warned as we were going up there, as I was going up there to drive to the cities and, and to meet with this person who was the executive chef over this facility. They told me, oh, you're not going to like her. She is the worst person in the whole world. She will treat you like garbage. And she will not like you at all. She eats you up and spits you out. She doesn't like people, Pete. And you are people. She don't like people. She's a very wicked, nasty woman. So I prayed on the way up. I said, Lord, give me favor with this nasty woman. Give me favor with this because I don't know her. Lord, maybe she needs something. Maybe I'm there for her. I don't know, Lord. But give me favor with her. When I finally resigned and I was going around letting people know that that was my last time I would see there, that lady was the only one who came running out to the car and says, Pete, I'm so sad to see you go. I really am going to miss you. You've been a good friend. You see, that is the favor of God. That is the favor of God. When he will put things in people's hearts because he loves you. I've seen the way she treated other people, but not me. Why? Because I'm favored of the Lord. Matter of fact, I was just reading in Proverbs this morning that it's the Lord who gives a good name. He's, it is the Lord who gives you a good name. Not because of your reputation, not because of who you are, what you've done. It's because he gives it to you. He loves you. So he went back. Balaam went back <clears throat> and found him standing beside the offering with all the Moabite officials. And then Balaam spoke this message. Balak brought me to Aram the king of Moab, from the eastern mountains. Come, he said, curse Jacob for me. Come denounce Israel. And look what verse 8 says. How can I curse those whom God has not cursed? 
I want you to know something that God, your Father, because of His Son, Jesus Christ, has saved us from the curse and the wrath of God. We have been redeemed. We have been saved by the blood of Jesus. We are no longer children that are doomed to wrath. We are children of the kingdom of God. And even though these momentary moments are wasting away and eating us away, we will not give up. Why? Because we do this for eternal glory that is waiting for us. We are children of the King. We have not been cursed we have been blessed we have not been under the wrath of God anymore because Jesus has saved us and even though Balaam says listen I can't curse those who God hasn't cursed I want you to know that you're not cursed you're not God isn't watching your past and punishing you for the things you've done he has blessed you he has justified you he has washed you clean you are not cursed and if God hasn't cursed you it reminds me of Romans 8 If God is for us, who could be against us? If God hasn't cursed you, then why do you act that way? Why do you live that way? Why do you think that way? And I'm I'm speaking to myself because sometimes I think God is mad, God is angry, but no, He loves you. He loves me. And He will not give up on His people. And Balaam says, how can I curse someone that God hasn't cursed? What does that mean? That when Balaam saw Jacob, when Balaam saw the people, he says, these people are blessed. Not cursed, blessed. And he knew it. I just think that we sometimes get so caught up into who we are that we forget who we are. We get so caught up in this world and what this world tells us who we are instead of realizing who we really are. I spoke about it last week. Jesus, who was able to take water and turn it into wine, something that is not physically possible, something that is not possible unless you include time and yeast and and the right grapes and all these things. But no, Jesus did it with water. Why? Because he wants you to know that he can do anything. He doesn't need your resources. He doesn't need your time. He doesn't need what you have. All he needs is your obedience. He needs your faith. He needs your commitment to him. And when we do that, we realize that God is able to do anything. And so if we are highly blessed of God, don't look to this world to bring you the satisfaction that you need. Don't look to this world to bring you the joys that you think you you need. I'm telling you, look to the Father and realize that you are blessed. You are blessed by God. You are highly loved and favored by God. I just want you to know this because I'm telling you, I, I just don't like it when I see Christians walk with their head low saying nothing's going right. What do you mean nothing's going right? You're going to heaven. One day you're going to get to heaven. And Yes, this world, this life may not be the way you want it to be. I mean, I always knew how it was going to turn out. I was going to turn out great. Well, part of it's come true. The rest of it is going to be fulfilled in heaven. But I always dreamed of, of having certain things and doing certain things and going certain places. Those things may come to pass, may not. But that doesn't define me. What defines me is who God says about me. And you know what he says? He says that you are loved by me. You are not cursed. You are blessed. You must see yourself the way God sees you. How can I curse those whom God has not cursed? How can I denounce whom the Lord has not denounced? And then he says... Who can count the dust of Jacob or number even a fourth of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous and may my final end be like theirs. 
Balaam realized that there's something powerful about being righteous. And so this morning, I just want us to realize that God loves you. And we know we have an enemy here that is trying to kill and steal and destroy everything that God wants to do for us. If, if, <clears throat> if the devil didn't oppose us, then I think that's even more concerned to be worried. But when the devil opposes us, when he is always trying to discourage and bring down and destroy and take away things that, that God wants to give, then you know that you've got to dig in and you've got to keep believing. But you must never forget God loves you. Your Father loves you. I like to look at this because Balaam was at a high position and the Israel was at a low position. Israel had no clue what was going on. Israel had no clue that, that their death warrant was set, that they wanted to be destroyed by Balak. Israel was never going to take over Moab. Matter of fact, God told them, don't even take the land of Moab. So Israel knew that this wasn't their land. That wasn't on the territory list. And so they're just enjoying life and just kind of resting. and there. But up on that mountain, someone wants to destroy them. But you know who did know what was going on? The Lord. And so right now, you're just kind of, what's going on? I don't understand. What's going on? You may not understand everything, but God, your Father, sees everything. And He is watching over you. So this morning, I just pray we get in our spirits how much our Father loves us. He's watching over us. And there will never be a curse that will come upon us because we are His children. We are blessed by Him. Amen.